Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. How's it going, LifePoint? Amen. Hey, I just want to ask this question. How many wants to hear from God? There it is. I love it. I love it. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Chadwick King, my wife and I, Heidi, we pastor in Santa Rosa, California. We're honored to be here. I'm your crazy cousin from California. I'm so honored to be here. And uh, those online, thank you for receiving us. Friday was awesome. We had so much fun. A great talk, great time just sharing heart, being authentic. I, I feel like this is an authentic church, real people. Amen. There's some real people around here and uh, nobody's perfect. Uh, but man, anything can happen when you're in the presence of God. Amen. Uh, we, we get to share what's called the good news. And the good news is not good advice. Good advice puts pressure on you. It's like, hey, if you want to lose that last little bit there, you need to run 20 miles. That's advice. Um, good news is, hey, somebody ran the 20 miles for you. And uh, you, we're here today because something happened for us 2,000 years ago, and that's Jesus went to the cross, and he knows who you are, how you are, where you are, what you're going through, and we have a conviction here today that God wants to speak. So it's my honor to be able to jump into uh, this sermon series, Hearing God, and being part two. And then if you're, a, again, a first-time guest, uh, we welcome you. But please come back next week to hear your awesome pastor. Pastor Danny and Rachel are amazing leaders. Come on, let's give them a hand. <clears throat> Man, um, teach. I, I got to listen to last week's message because I wanted to kind of jump into what was happening. So I got to watch the service, watch, watch the message. I was like, Pastor Danny's a ninja. He's a ninja teacher. You guys are blessed. And uh, so I, I just honor you guys and thank you for, uh, you know, asking us to be a part, uh, get to see what God's doing. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of what God has uh, for this church and this region and this city. He's not done. He's not done with you. He's not done with this ministry. He's not done with this city. He's just getting started. Can I get an amen? Amen. So um, I just want to let everybody know here, number one, uh, you're in a snob-free zone. You're in a snob-free zone, which basically means uh, we're putting it out, all out on the table. Um, we're not coming here with pretenses. I just want to be real for a little bit, talk about some stuff that I think is important. I'm going to take your attention to Mark chapter 4 uh, and starting at verse 2. And it's a parable. In fact, I would say it's my favorite parable. It's my favorite parable of all the parables. I love the parables that Jesus taught, but this is my favorite. And I say that kind of cautiously because I don't want the other parables to get jealous or angry at me, but I really do uh, love this uh, parable, Mark chapter 4. So we'll put it up on the screen. And it says this, then he taught them many things by parables. Parables are just earthly stories with heavenly meanings. So Jesus obviously could have pontificated and used big language and, and big ideas that were way beyond our ability to comprehend. But what did he do? He, he boiled it down, broke it down, simplified it for you and I to be able to get some teeth on it, to have handlebars, to be able to understand what, what's the kingdom of heaven like? How does this all work? And so he took things like, like soil and seeds and different things that were easy and natural to us. And um, this is an agrarian culture. So this would be very, this is not a foreign concept of how seed and soil works. And so this is what he's going to go into. It's the parable of the sower and the seed. And he said to them in his teaching, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some fell by the wayside. Everybody say wayside. 
Wayside is just like that hard ground that hasn't been kept, hasn't been watered. It's been walked on, stepped on, pressed on. It's just hard ground. And the birds of the air come and devour it. So they just see, just sits right on top. The next verse tells us, some fell on stony ground. Everybody say stony ground. Where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Everybody say depth. Okay, there's no depth there. It was just the, the seed kind of starts to germinate, but those, those roots can't go down. They get impeded by all the stuff that's underneath. And then it says, but when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root, it withered away. And then it says this, and some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced and some 30 and some 60 and some 100. And so he's looking at these four different grounds. And he's like, hey, there's seed, there's soil, four different kinds of soils or grounds. And he's like, but let me tell you what this is all about. He said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I don't know about you, but I just read a lot about soil and seed and grounds and stones and weeds. I didn't hear anything about ears. Did you hear anything about ears? Was that word there? So I'm like, what, what? I'm not, I'm not, you know, smelling what you're selling, Jesus, and I need some help here. And the disciples are like, hey, that was great teaching. Can you explain it to us? And so Jesus is gracious enough to be like, let me do some explaining. And what I call this, I call this the Rosetta Stone of parables because it not only is a way for us to learn how to hear God's word and understand the parables, but he really unlocks the parables by teaching the parable and then going back and then like line by line explaining it. So the Rosetta stone was a stone that they found in Mesopotamia and they basically, it was a stone that had Greek and then Mesopotamian hieroglyphics and then Egyptian hieroglyphics. And because we know Greek, it unlocked the other two languages because this was a decree written by a Pharaoh in three different languages. Same thing in three different languages. So because we knew Greek, it unlocked the other. So this parable in a lot of ways unlocks all the parables and even for us to know how to receive all of God's word. It's a fabulous parable with a, with a lot of umph in it, okay? Mark chapter 4 and 14. Now Jesus is going to be so kind to go back through the parable that he just taught the crowd and say, hey, boys, because he's always having to help. He's had to babysit his, his, his boys, right? Does these 12 disciples. He's like, let me explain it to you, boys. And here's how it goes. In verse 14, the sower sows the word. So the seed is the word. The seed is the word. The word is seed. The word comes in seed form. Does it come as a tree? Does it come as a plant? Does it come as a forest? The word comes into our world as a seed. It's potential. There's power. There's future in that seed. Amen? And so that's how it comes to us. And these are the ones by the wayside, the hard ground, where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately. Because that seed is sitting on top of the soil, Satan comes immediately and grabs that seed and takes it away, okay? And, and it takes away the word that was sown in there. What's this word right here? Hearts. So now we're unlocking stuff. That foul of the air is Satan. That seed is the word. And the soil is the heart. So maybe we're not talking about soil. Maybe Jesus is not you know, a soils engineer trying to help us. Maybe he's trying to help us look at the different kinds of hearts. Hearts. Four kind of hearts. Because it's the, with the heart that we hear what God's saying. Are you smelling what I'm selling? All right. Okay. Just making sure. And uh, next verse says this. And these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure for only a time. And then it says in the next verse, for afterward, when tribulation, persecution arises for the word's sake, 
immediately they stumble, okay? Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful, okay? But watch this. This is what he says, and I love it. These are the ones which are sown on good ground, a good heart, such as hear the word and receive it. Not just hear it, not just, hey, I heard, that was a great sermon. I, I, I've often asked my wife, hey, how did I do today? I preached. And she's like, that was, it was, it was awesome. I said, which part did you like? And she's like, the part about God. I was like, the whole thing's about God. I was like, which part? Like, what was the, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to throw shade on her. Um, but hearing and receiving and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And this is why this is important. Because God wants you to be fruitful. God wants you to abound in everything that you do. Amen? There's a bigness to your life. It may start small, but it doesn't have to stay small. God wants to bring fruit and life and longevity. Come on, somebody. And so what we believe here is that there is more. Amen? Turn your neighbor, just turn that head and just say, there's more. There's more. Amen? There's more. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray really quickly. Heavenly Father, I honor you. Thank you for your word. Let your living word teach the written word and let the word fall into good ground and bring forth much fruit in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. All right, all right. So here we go. How many members uh, Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump had a buddy named Bubba. And Bubba began to describe all the ways that you can cook shrimp. How many like some shrimp? Man, I like shrimp. That's, that's a, we had shrimp yesterday. I just got to have shrimp. Shrimp is like, it's just, it's like, the, it's like the nectar of the sea. I don't know. It's just, I, I like it. Anyways, he's describing, he's like, you can fried shrimp and you can boil shrimp. He's just going through all the ways you can have shrimp. And so I'm, I'm not going to go through all the ways that you can hear from God, but you can hear from God through the preaching of the word the reading of the word. God has spoken through dreams, visions. God has spoken through, through the body of Christ to encourage people in small groups. There's, so many, there's a myriad of ways that we can hear from God. And again, today, maybe I'm not gonna go into like, you know, all the ways that you can hear from God. But let me say this, and I'm gonna echo what your pastor said last week. Like at the end of the day, God's not gonna contradict his word. His, the word of God is infallible, Okay, it, the Bible says it's a sure word of prophecy. You can always go back to it as the backbone. Like, hey, did I just have weird pizza last night? Or, you know, and you can always put that up against the word of God. I love the Bible because the Bible is more than just a book that's full of, you know, it's like a mystical book, a religious book. The Bible is not a religious book. The Bible is a testament. It's a, it's a, it's a, a, a book of law. It's, a, it's, a, it's, an, it's our inheritance. All, all of who we are in Christ is like found in this book. All that God intended is found in this book. The book, the Bible is a book that talks about Jesus before Jesus ever gets here. Jesus is like, he shows up and you've got, you know, thousands of years of prophecies going, hey, Messiah's coming, Messiah's coming. He's gonna be born in a manger. He's gonna be born in Bethlehem. Uh, they're gonna chase him out. He's gonna, they're gonna go to Egypt. Parents are gonna go to Egypt. He's gonna be teaching parables is one of the parables, uh, one, one of the prophecies. 360 major prophecies in the Old Testament concerning the coming Christ. So when Jesus shows up, he's not just some new guy, some new teacher. He's Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, right? A God with eyebrows, knuckles, and kneecaps walking in the midst of us because we have the word of God that validates our experience. I know who you are. You've, this, this has been talked about for a long time. And then you have, you have prophecies like about Israel. 
you know, Israel's a nation today, but 100 years ago, you say, Israel the nation, they'd be like, what? Israel hasn't been a nation for 1,900 years. It'd blow people's mind. Like, Can a nation be born in a day? And, and, and it said, yes, in these last days, it would be like, Israel will be coming back and this, this, these people coming back and, and becoming a nation again. It's like right prophecy right in front of us. That was spoken in the Bible. What I love about the Bible is not a self-referencing authority that you can't prove or disprove. Like if I said, hey, I have a leprechaun that lives at my house and he, and he cleans the house. Well, Heidi would absolutely love that because I'm not good at doing that, but I try to help in Jesus' name. Anyways, long story short, and you say, I want to see the leprechaun. I say, the leprechaun, you know, he doesn't like people. If you come to my house and look for him, he's going to be invisible. Well, I, I've created a situation that you can't prove or disprove. You know what I mean? The Bible is a book that you can prove or disprove. The Hittites, were they real? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Serenius, who was governor of, of, of Syria when Jesus was born, and Augustus, who gave the taxation and the, the story of Jesus' birth in Luke chapter 2, were those real people? Those were real people, real places. Archaeology and history and science keeps proving. Even, even the, 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 the big, we discovered the Big Bang. No, the Bible said that time, space, and matter all came into existence at the same time. In the beginning time, God created the heaven, space, and the earth, the tetra, he, he created the time, space, and matter, all brought it into existence at the same time. We believe that from the very beginning. People said, well, Jesus, th- did Jesus believe that the earth was round? You know, he lived in a place where everyone believed the earth was flat. Absolutely, he believed the earth was round. He made the earth, but that's not good enough for a lot of people, so I'll give it to you. Jesus said this, when I return, when I come back, he said, he said uh, there'll be two in the field, okay? One taken away, one will stay. He said, uh, there'll be two in the bed, one taken away, the other will stay. You have two in the field. He said, uh, two in the bed. And then he said, two grinding grain, okay? Well, when you're asleep, most people sleep at night. Uh, When you're grinding grain, that's an afternoon uh, chore. And working in the field is a morning thing. He said, when he returns, two people will be in the bed. It'll be nighttime. When he returns, somewhere it'll be morning and somewhere it'll be evening. Jesus knew the earth was round. There's so much profound stuff in the Bible for us to know. But let me say this, if you're one of those people that say, hey, God only speaks to the Bible, he does speak through the Bible, but it echoes through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. God can speak to us. And sometimes we're not totally cool with that delivery system. I'll tell you a quick story. I took a, a guy from our church to a, a church conference. I said, hey, jump, c- come with me. I don't want to go alone. C- come with me to this church conference. He said, absolutely, I will. So we're in worship, just like you guys were in worship. And he leans over to me and he says, hey, I feel like God spoke to me. He wants to heal um, a foot that has a, an injury on the toe next to the, 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 the pinky toe. I don't even know what that toe is called. It's just the toe next to the pinky toe. He's like, and there's like a pain shooting up. He said, do you have a, 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 an injured toe? And I'm like, we've been together for a day and a half. I would have told you. And I was like, I was thinking like, oh, great, you know, no. And then he's like, okay, we, we continue worshiping. And then he's like, turns to the person behind us and says, hey, do you have a, a pain in this toe and it's shooting up your foot? And I'm like, oh dear God, you're embarrassing me. I was like, we're not together. And he's like asking people around us. I just keep going, hallelujah, Lord. I do not know this guy. <laughs> hallelujah, Lord. I do, you know, it was so bizarre. And I was like, oh, this can't be getting any worse. So he just asked like four or five people. And then he finally is like, kind of gives up. And I'm like, Jesus, give him love and patience. He's, a, he's, a, he's, you know, maybe he doesn't, you know, he's not new. He, maybe he's, he's new at these things. He's a novice. Well, I don't know. I'm just kind of processing it. So after service is done, a guy walks up to us who's sitting like three seats down. He walks up to shake our hands and we're about to leave. And I'm like, we're, we're getting out. And he goes, hey, before we leave, 
want to ask you, do you have an injury on this toe? And he's like describing like Jesus' name. And he's like, and it's shooting up your foot. And the guy goes, dude, I've been praying all service. I had an injury on this toe and I've been in excruciating pain shooting up my foot. He says, can I pray for you? He prays for him. The guy's like, dude, the, the, the pain is gone. I'm like, hey, we're, we're together. This all happened because <laughs> like, like he's from my church, you know? I was like, <laughs> like, so God, God does this cool stuff. God does this cool, he speaks and it doesn't have to be spooky or weird or mystical. You know, that's not cool. It's uncouth. It's like, don't do that. But God, but God can speak to your heart. And it doesn't have to be like, God spoke to me. You can just, I feel drawn to have compassion for you, to encourage you. You know what I mean? Like God works and moves through his body. God, the Bible says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God is a speaking God. He wants to speak and echo. And he does it. The Bible says the Holy Spirit repeats. He says, he only speaks what he hears. So the Holy Spirit's like, this is what heaven's talking about. Let me give it to you. The spirit, in fact, today while we're the, the, during the teaching and during the worship and even after the service, like the Holy Spirit just wants to commune with you and speak to you, amen? That's what this is all about. That's where transformation happens, amen. So we believe that the word of God is powerful. Everybody say powerful. The word of God is powerful. Really quickly, I'll tell you this quick story. My, I have some friends that I've developed that live in, in our area. They're, they're Gideons. Anybody who, know who a Gideon is? Okay, um, they're not, not, not transformers, not like, like the Gideons are the people who um, help distribute Bibles all around uh, the world. And if you go to a hotel and you're like, what's in this drawer? You know, there's going to be a Bible in there and it's from the Gideons. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an awesome ministry. And they have some amazing testimonies and stories. But I heard this story and it, it, long story short, there was, a, there was a Gideon missionary who was going into these remote areas up in Peru, up in the hills in South America and they said, hey, when you go to this city, be careful because there's a drug lord there that runs the city. And he's like, well, I'm, no matter what happens, like, I'm called to do this. So I'm, I'm going to go in Jesus' name. And so he goes, and the drug lord actually approaches him. He says, hey, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just passing out Bibles. And, and he says, I want to give you a Bible. And the, and, the, and the drug lord says, if you give me that Bible, he said, I'm going to smoke it. I'm going to take every page and smoke it with drugs. I'm not sure if that's how they say it, but it, <laughs> smoke it with drugs. But anyways, you get the point. And this is what he said. He had the wisdom to say, well, all I ask is this. Agreed. Use this for drugs. But before you smoke a page, here's what I'm asking. Read the page. So five years later, he's back on the mission. He's down in South America. Hasn't heard a thing. He goes, and before he gets to that town, they say, hey, revival's broken out. People are becoming born again Christians. Like, like there's a move of God up in this town. And so he's like, Wow. So he goes up, he finds out this drug lord is the pastor. And all these like churches are like spring. It's like, a, it's this amazing thing that's happened. And so he goes up, he's like, he finds the guy. He's like, pastor, what happened? He said, well, I started smoking Matthew. <laughs> and then I started smoking Mark. And then I started smoking Luke. He said, but man, he said, John smoked me. And it was over as I gave my life to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's why this parable, this parable tells us that that seed is potential. Nobody, nobody looks at a seed and says, hey, can I get a warranty on this seed? I don't go to Home Depot and get seed to plant in my backyard and think, I wonder if this baby's going to work, right? It's just all the potential is in that seed. You want a forest? It's in the seed. You want a plant? It's in that seed. 
You can't even see what it, what it can be or will be. You don't even know the trees that will be, the tree that will become, that bear more seeds, that will produce more trees, that will produce more seeds. Generations live in it. One word from God can transform your life forever, just like it did with Abraham. Can I get an amen? So it's untapped potential, okay? But this parable is not just about the seed, the word. It's also about the relationship between the word and the heart. Everybody say heart. In fact, I believe that it starts with heart. You know, you are a body, soul, spirit. You have a heart, you have a mind, you have will. All these things that describe you, um, just like, uh, well, I'll tell you a quick story. My wife, uh, Heidi, we, we, she's, she's my best friend. In fact, she's like, kind of like, like my best friend and my second best friend and my third best friend. And then everybody starts after that. Um, I love her so much. Um, but one of the things that she will not let me do is use her shampoo and conditioner. Any other ladies are... Send you with that. Okay, nobody else. See, babe, it is possible to share. And she's like, but you, you have short hair. You don't need it. You just, and so she buys me is from the dollar store, like the three in one. Like one day I'm, I'm expecting her to like bring the five in one. It's like shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, deodorant. It's all in one, you know, just brush your teeth with it. And hers is like got like like words. It's like it's like French. You can't even. I don't even know if it's shampoo or conditioner. It's like, but it makes my hair silky and and, it, and I'm like, I want my hair silky and soft and beautiful. But the the three in one, you know. But but there's a lot going on inside of us. But the Bible talks about you have a heart. In fact, Proverbs chapter four and twenty three says this: Above all else, guard your. Everybody say heart. For everything you do flows from it. The bigness of your life flows out of heart. The direction of your life flows out of heart, amen? The heart is the ruling center of the whole person. It's the spring of desires, the home of the personal life, the central wisdom of a person's being, the engine of both knowing and believing, the source of motives and discernment and will is in the heart, okay? So when we think about heart, um, we think about, you know, um, what's working inside of us. Dan, uh, in, the, in the book of uh, Samuel, uh, Samuel the prophet is looking, he's like, I got to look for a, a king to replace Saul. And God says, I got it. I found a heart. He says, in fact, in, in the scripture, it says, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I know back in the day, we used to have mood rings. Remember mood rings? Now we have Apple watches to tell what's happening inside of us. But if God wants to know what's happening inside of you, he looks at your heart. The Bible says, oh Lord, in Psalms 139 and one, oh Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. That is terrifying. I don't care what you say, this here is who you are, right? And the Lord sees heart. That's how he picks heart. Well, you know, what I say, what, I, what I've done. Yeah, he knows the motive. You can do the right thing for the wrong reason. Darren, can I get an amen? Like that would... Like that, that right there. You can do the right stuff. And that's why the, the, the heart is such a, a big deal. Your outside life is your reputation with people, but your inside life is your reputation with God. That's how God knows you. Your outside life is what you do, but your inside life is who you are. Your outside life is what you possess, but your inside life is what possesses you. Amen? So you can't hide what's inside. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can't hide what's inside. You can't hide what's inside. Most people I know, they fall internally before they fall externally. 
and they win internally before they win ex- externally. Can I get an amen? amen? The human heart's deceitful. There's all these scriptures about the heart. And let me say this, you are the sole custodian of your heart. The Bible encourages us and, and James to purify our hearts, amen, to cleanse our hearts. David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew within me a right spirit. I want my heart to be right because my heart's not right. My heart's bent. It's a, if it's off, then the whole thing's off. Then the word of God comes and there's frustration, there's offense. There's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's hard to speak to somebody who's offended with you. You can nurse a grudge against God and not even know it. Am I right? Amen. amen. So let me give you a uh, real quick uh, 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 point here, and then we're going to move into the, the, the four soils, okay? Environments matter. The environment of your heart matters. Let me tell you this. For some of you who think, well, you know what? My heart's kind of good, and it's kind of bad, and it's kind of da-da-da-da. You, you can't have both at the same time a rainforest and a desert. They can't coexist because they're ecosystems, if you have a rainforest, there's an abundance of plants and animal life that can not just live there, but flourish. And there's actually things that can live and flourish in a desert that can't live and flourish in a rainforest. Am I right? So, so when you pick your environment, you pick what you're giving permission to live and thrive. You see, when a person's heart starts changing, they don't have to cast out the devil. The devil's like, I, I can't live there anymore. Bible says the devil walks in dry places. Man, there's a spring living inside of me. You just change the environment. You didn't have to get all, you know, yelling at devils and that, that, no. you just cha- the environment changes and the, and the enemy's like, I don't like that place. I can't live there. That doesn't work. Environments matter. Amen. So, so we create environment. Like even in this house is an environment. This, I love this culture. I love your church. There's just an environment here. Why? Because it's saying we give permission, right? for the right things to survive. Honor survives and, and, and ministry survives here, right? And, and personal ambition doesn't survive here. When you choose your environment, you choose what can live and what doesn't live. I, I like to say it like this at the Promise Center at our church. I say, I said, this house is a house that is safe for sinners, but dangerous for sin. Amen. And I feel that about this place. Like this is a place where anybody can come, hear the gospel, be loved. But man, that thing that's trying to destroy your soul, man, it, it can't last for long. If you get in the presence of the Lord, your life is going to be changed. Can I get an amen? Amen. So let me tell you this. Hebrews chapter four says this. The word of God is alive. It's active. It's sharp. Come on, somebody. Like a two-edged sword, it penetrates even the dividing of the soul and spirit. So who you are, what you feel, he even divides all that because feelings can mess you up. The joints of moral, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Woo! You see, the seed reveals the soil. What happens to the seed reveals what kind of soil you have. Some seed, that word comes into your life. And if you have what is called the wayside or the hard ground... There's going to be an effect to the Word of God. In fact, let's go through these four hearts. Four hearts. These are your options. These are the options that Jesus gave. I didn't, I didn't pick these for you. These are the four options. We're going to go through these very quickly. Number one is a hard heart. 
How do you get a hard heart? Well, I don't think, you know, a, a soil can become hard, but hard soil can also become soft, right? You can condition the soil to become better, but there's people who come into God's house with a hard heart. And maybe honestly, maybe you've been hurt. Maybe uh, you grew up a long time ago, went to a church or involved in ministry or heard something about a, a story. And you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm gonna protect my heart and make it hard and keep walls up. And maybe I'll say carefully, that's okay right now but that's not okay forever. You soften that thing and the things that God is speaking over your heart, over your life, can begin to penetrate. The Bible says that Satan comes immediately and takes that word. You, the preaching of the word, he can just sit right on top of your heart. You go out and you're in the car and all of a sudden kids are yelling, Aah! and the seed, just the Satan takes the seed. Gone. Sometimes I'll, I, I, I know I'm throwing shade on my wife. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, but sometimes I'll say, hey babe, Tell me about the sermon today. How do you think it went? She's like, it was amazing. Amazing. You just squeeze my cheeks. You're amazing. I love you. And I'll say, oh, I love you too. What was your favorite part? And she'll say, the part about God. It's like the whole thing was about God. Which point? She'll be like, the whole thing was amazing, honey. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. But the truth is that you can hear it without it going into, like, it's here. Like, I heard, oh, that was a sermon. But the heart, if the heart is hard, it doesn't penetrate, it doesn't break through, amen. And God wants, if you have a hard heart today, if there's a, there's a hardness in you, I wanna tell you in Jesus' name, it doesn't have to stay that way. This place is a well. This place is well watered. You get in the presence of the Lord, it starts to soften it. You start to hear testimonies, it starts to soften your heart. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you, the story is not done. I, in fact, I believe this. It takes the whole Bible to make a whole Christian. Amen? And, 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 and if it, it, you got to open your heart to all that God has for you and all that God's saying. Number two is the stony ground. The stony ground. This is, this is the ground, and that's misspelled, and that's my fault. I'm a bad speller. Everybody say he's a bad speller. Okay, I, ex I receive that, and I accept that. Okay, that's wrong. Um, and I only know that because my wife said it. She said, hey, you misspelled that. So um, long story short, um, this is the soil that, like, on the top looks amazing. It's like, oh, my goodness. The seed goes in, like sprouts. You guys are good. What a team. That's VIP right there. That's next level. You see, change can happen right in front of you. That's what God can do. Drop the E. Amen. It, but the, the, the seed goes in the soil. It's like, oh, my goodness, look, they love God. Oh, look what's happening. Oh, my goodness, they got baptized. And all of a sudden, you, you look. The Bible says that because of over time, the pressure comes and then it's, it's, it's broken down. Why? Because the seeds, the seed, because it germinate and those roots can't go deep. It's impeded by the stuff that's underneath the surface. You never saw it. And there's stuff that you and I can carry if we're not careful that no one sees. Maybe you don't have a hard heart. You have a good heart on the surface, but underneath there's some bitterness, unforgiveness. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to thwart God's plan and will for your life. You, he may be speaking over you, but it's not going to be able to land and grow and prosper in your life. Amen? And so you got to, like, pay attention to that. Every, if you're, like, praying or there's preaching and, like, like, you feel like, boom, it hits something. Maybe God's using your pastor and the Word of God and worship and the, this environment to reveal what's in your heart. Listen, God wants to reveal it to heal it, not to hurt you. There's stuff that lives inside of us that does not belong there. Can I get an Amen. And that's okay to be honest. I had to have stuff extracted from my life that was there. I grew up in church. I was like, I was like the kid who, like, I was a cadet in church with a little jacket, like an usher. And I get older, I'm like, there's a mess inside of me. 
that's impeding the stuff that God wants to do. So maybe that's you here today. And then there is the next heart, the weedy heart. Did I spell that right? Okay. The weedy heart is like the soil's good, but it's just getting choked up. Like God dropped a word into your life. God put a call over you. God gave you a vision, gave you a heart to lead a small group, to get involved, to go all in with, with God and church and get planted. And, but just life just chokes it up. So it's there. It doesn't, maybe it doesn't die, but it just doesn't bear fruit. Just a, a fruitless plant that goes through seasons of not bearing, not bearing, not bearing. And you go, man, there's so much potential, but this thing's got to be removed. How many has a backyard with a few weeds? How many knows it doesn't take long for it to, the wild to encroach? Got to keep your heart. Got to protect your heart. Because he said, there's this other one. It's a good heart. Everybody say good heart. Is that what you want? I want the kind of heart where the word of God speaks to me and it's, it flourishes in my life. Uninhibited. God, speak to me. Not like, speak to me what I want to hear. You know, it's funny that kids, anybody have kids that are picky with food? You know, I, had, I grew up on peas, little green peas. My kids hated peas. The green peas, they're like, Ugh! but they love green Jolly Ranchers. So close. They were picky with what was good for them but indiscriminate with what was bad for them. And it takes the whole Bible to make a whole Christian. I'm gonna tell you, like, just surrendering your heart and say, I want it all, God. Lead me, change me, transform me. I'll never be the same. I'm trusting you, I'm trusting you. How do we get a good heart? Well, maybe you came in here with a, with a, with a hard heart. Maybe you came in with stones in the heart. Maybe you came with weeds. I'm gonna tell you this. The heart is such a beautiful thing because God can change a heart. He can give you a new heart. Amen? In fact, when you receive the Holy Spirit, it's the beginning of this new heart that God's developing inside of you. This is the promise in the Old Testament. They got a heart of stone, but I'm gonna give them a heart of flesh. God wants to give you a new heart. How many is willing to, to say yes to a new heart? Let God dig around and cultivate and clean. And that's what, that's what repentance is. That's what, that's what the gospel is. Because he wants to help you win internally. So you can win in every area of your life. Amen? Amen. Let, me, let, me, let me close with this. And again, um, I'm honored to be here. And I kind of feel like I'm, I'm in this service, I'm kind of reaching for that, that popcorn kernel at the bottom of the bag that didn't pop. You know those little kernels at the bottom? I don't know why they don't pop like all the others. There's somebody in this room. You need to know God knows where you are, how you are, what you're going through. He's not done with you. He's not finished. Let God do something in your heart. Would you open your heart today to him? Amen. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? If you're here today and you say, hey, you know what? Pastor Chad from California. You know, maybe I struggle with a hard heart. 
Or maybe there's some stones. There's some stuff that's living inside of me that just, it feels like too much to even begin to try to get out. Or maybe there's some, there's some distractions and cares of this world that just are, it's suffocating, suffocating what God's doing in your life. If that's you, what, you say, hey, I recognize that in my life, in my heart. Would you just raise your hand? No one looking around. I wanna know who I'm gonna pray for because God brought me here today to pray for somebody to, to help you take your next step in walking in your best with Jesus. Amen, thank you for raising your hand. Can we clap our hands and thank the Lord for, yeah. And, and if this is your first time to, to church or to hear the gospel of Jesus, let me just tell you this, this, this is all free. Jesus paid for your deliverance, paid for your salvation, amen? Like one of my favorite things in the Bible is what God did and what God said. He looked at Jesus who's perfect. The Bible says he became sin. Jesus who's perfect is called sin. So we who are imperfect can be called righteous. That's a great exchange right there. Not because of what you've done, but what was done for you. So can you help me pray for those who raise their hand today? Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every heart that's in this room would become a heart that can hear. Give us those ears to hear through a heart, through the filter of a life that is leaning toward you. Not perfect, but we are pursuing. Not, not, not complete yet, but, but we, we are relying on you. And so Lord, forgive us of our sins. Heal us of our past. Wash us and let us move into our future. We receive your word into our lives and we declare that you are good. You are faithful. We'll never be the same. And the church say amen. And amen. Let's clap our hands to heaven. God bless you. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.